Well, welcome to Resurrection Sunday. Come on, give the Lord praise. Amen. Isn't he good? Amen. You know, my name is Sean Napkin. If you're visiting with us today, I'm the lead pastor here. We are glad you're here today. You know, it's all about the resurrection. You know that. If Jesus didn't, wasn't raised from the dead, we wouldn't be here this morning. It's all about him being resurrected. Because everything that Jesus talked about, he talked about him and the Father. He made a lot about himself. So if Jesus died, then what he said would have been a lie. If he wasn't raised from the dead, everything he said would have been a lie. But he didn't. He's alive and well. Come on, give the Lord praise. You know, I... Um, I was, uh, I was in Israel this last week, and I, I have some pictures to show you here, um, and I loved going. I had such a great time in Israel, and I encourage you to go. Now, this first picture right here is a picture of what's called Golgotha, and on top of Golgotha, that hill, is a, where Jesus was crucified. In fact, if you look there, and I'll, I'll show you another picture in a minute, it's actually uh, the, what the Bible says is the place of the skull. And you can kind of see the two eyes. Hey, go to the next one. Here's one that was done in 18, late 1800s, and you can see the skull there, right there. You see, guys see it? I don't have a pointer, so you're going to have to look at it. But uh, and up above is where Jesus was crucified. And then go on to the next one, and here's his tomb. It's called the Garden Tomb. Um, right there, you enter into there, and you go right in. Go ahead to the next one, guess what's going to happen now? That's the outside part of it. Um, and then go back, go, go into the next one. We're going to show you something. He's not there. <laughs> Amen. You know, one of the things about, um, and I'll, I'll, uh, if you wanted to see more pictures, more of the stuff that we went through, you can go on my Facebook or on my Instagram and, uh, it is all there. You can see it there. But the thing about the resurrection, it had to happen and the one of the things, it's kind of funny to me, if you've ever noticed that in Christmas time, um, Caesar Augustus is, has a little footnote in, in the very small, but you've got to know how large he is in history. He is so huge in history. He's one of the first emperors of Rome, and he's the one that made Rome uh, really the great, great empire that it was, but he is way under to the name of Jesus. You know why? Because he's still in his grave. Jesus isn't. Amen? And that's the great thing about the resurrection. See, Jesus made a lot about himself. There are seven I am statements that Jesus made. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. But one of the most powerful ones he said is that I am the resurrection and the life. Amen? I mean, listen, you know what resurrection means? It means it takes dead things and makes them alive again. Doesn't that sound good? So the resurrection, the power of the resurrection was so important. And in John eleven twenty five, that's where he made the statement. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And so resurrection means that, that God has come and he made something that was dead and he made it alive again. And that's what he wants to do to us. And a lot of times what happens in us, that we have dead things that have been in us doubt and unbelief and discouragement and despair but 
listen, today is your resurrection day. How many guys would believe that? Amen? I believe we celebrate this day, not just to remember it, not just to celebrate what happened in the past, but to really receive the power of the resurrection. How many guys are going to receive the power of the resurrection more today than you ever have in every part of your life? So when Jesus said that, it was, it was part of really a, a broader story. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 11. John chapter 11 and verse 1. And we start here. It's the story of Lazarus. And uh, we start here. And as the Bible says in John chapter 11 verse 1. It says, now a man named Lazarus was sick. And we're going to find out that he just wasn't just sick. He was so sick he was going to die. And he was from Bethany, from the village of Mary and her sister Martha. In verse 3, it says this. So the sister sent word to Jesus. And what did they tell him? They said, Lord, the one you love is sick. And now this is bad news in the middle probably of a good day, good life that they were having. And all of a sudden, Lazarus is sick. Not sick just to get over a flu or something, but really sick to die. And unfortunately, um, a lot of us here, we're maybe celebrating some really good times right now. But unfortunately, there's some of us here that aren't celebrating so many good good times. In fact, you might even in, in recent months or recent weeks had had this kind of thing come on you where maybe a loved one or a family member or somebody got sick or maybe they passed away and they died. And some of you are really hurting right now. And a lot of times we, we come in and, and in any part of our life that we have this hurts and we have pain and we may have bad news or, or maybe you've heard you know, your job isn't going to be the same as it used to be or maybe your, what you thought was going to be a dream marriage isn't really a dream marriage right now and, and, uh, and it's, there's some problems in there. And maybe you had some friendships that's going or, or that's not going so well. Maybe you are a parent and you had had a principal call you in this week and say that your son or your daughter is having problems in school. You know what I'm saying? We've some of us got have some bad news and some things that aren't favorable. But let me tell you something that there's a resurrection for you today. You're not just here by accident. You're not just here because maybe somebody invited you or you came because it's Easter Sunday. And, and uh, maybe you come all the time here. But listen, this is not a, just a normal Sunday to me. I believe I've been praying that today is your resurrection day. Today is your day of coming out of the pit. Today is your day of coming out and seeing something brand new that God can even do a miracle today. How many of you guys would believe that with me? Amen? So let me give you a quick summary of verses 5 through 14 because of time. You, know, you can read it later. But basically, everybody believes that Jesus is going to come and help. But what does Jesus do? Nothing for two days. For two days, after the cry of these two sisters, come and help the one you love. So Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. He was one that he loved. He was one that had a relationship with. And he says he is, he is, he is, he is sick. He's dying. And what does Jesus do? He does nothing for two days. He just kind of does nothing. He just hangs out. For two days, Jesus is hanging out, whistling, hanging out with his buds. And then all of a sudden, after two days, he says, hey, guys, let's go over to Judea. And they said, no, if you go there, they're going to kill you. That's not a good idea. But he says, no, Lazarus has fallen asleep and we need to wake him up. And that's just a metaphor. Jesus knew that Lazarus had died. And what he was saying is that we need to go raise him from the dead. And so what I want to look today, there's, there's three different individuals in the story that maybe you can relate with. That there's something even dead that's been creeping into their life. That maybe that they need to come out of. And there's something that, that, that maybe you have some of these too. 
And the first one we see is, is Thomas. Thomas was dead in his doubts. In fact, Thomas was called Doubting Thomas anyway through Scripture. But we see that um, in verse 16, it says this, Then Doubting Thomas, also known as Didymus. Everybody say Didymus. That's Doubting Thomas' part-time rapper name. That's what it sounds like to me, right? Sir Didymus, here he is. Okay, so anyway, so he says to the rest of of his disciples, um, and, and... and here's, here's Thomas, doubting Thomas. Now he's going to be sarcastic here. And he says, let us go, after Jesus says, you know, after they warn him, he's going to, your guys are going to die. He says, let us go there that we may die with them. So he's very sarcastic. He says, he's basically saying, there's nothing good's going to come out of this, Jesus. There's no way anything's good's going to come out of this, out of this. And anyway, so he's doubting. And I'm curious today, how many of you this Easter day, this Resurrection Sunday, if you'll, if you'll be honest with me, how many have ever had spiritual doubts before in your life? Anybody? Raise your hand. Listen, I know, it's just, it takes courage to do that, even on an Easter, Easter Sunday, to say, I've had some spiritual doubts. All you other ones that didn't raise your hand, you can just sit there quietly and, and, and polish your halo as I talk to some real people here. and Because um, all of us have had spiritual doubts sometime in our life. I mean, we've been there. We've, we've prayed and we believed and we we thought God was going to do something. We thought we cried out to God and nothing has happened yet. And so we have some doubts, right? Or perhaps your story may be that, you know, you, you may be somebody who's, who's um, been, been praying for, for something and, and nothing happened when you prayed. You prayed very hard and you studied the Bible and you know it's the will of God and it's yet not happened. Or maybe you grew up with a real simple faith and you went to college, right? And you went to your biblical literature class, and, they, and, the, and your professor said, none of this is true. And so you begin to doubt, if, is what I believe my parents' faith, or what I believe mine? I don't know if you've ever been that, there. Or perhaps you believe God for something, and just nothing just really happened the way you thought it was going to happen. And here you are, you're doubting. Maybe something happened that was really bad, and you say, God, since why are you, you say you're so good, why did you allow this to happen? And there's doubts. And here Thomas is having doubts. And what doubts do, they're really designed, doubts are designed to kill, steal, and destroy what God really wants to do in your life. He wants to stop your progression in Him. So doubts. Or maybe you're more like Mary in the story. Mary. Maybe you're not dead in your doubts, but you may be dead and have some death and discouragement. Maybe you're discouraged right now. You don't see anything good happening, and you just can't seem to get a break. Mary was very discouraged. And we see in verse 20, where when Mar- Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet Jesus. But what did Mary do? She stayed at home. What's the use? Why, why go out and meet Jesus? He's already dead. He's gone. And, and, and let me be honest with you. Maybe you're right now you're just thinking, I can't change anything. I feel alone. I, I'm always depressed. I'm, I'm always stuck in this, 
this, this thing over and over again, this life, and it seems like I can never get ahead, or I'm stuck in this dead-end job, I'm never, or my merits, I'm never going to have the merits I thought I was going to have. I'm stuck, I'm discouraged, and some of you right now, you're, you're, you're not going to show it because it's Easter, right? You're not going to show it. You put on your good clothes today, right? And, and uh, you got your Christian uh, words, how, when people ask how you're doing, you oh, just praise the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. He's alive, but down inside... You're not, you know? How many's ever been there? My hands are raised, right? Some of you are dead in your doubts, but you're also dead in discouragement. And you may be discouraged right now. I don't want to make light of it because discouragement's very killing in someone's life. It kills, it steals, it destroys. Then we see Martha, who wasn't, you may, wasn't dead in her doubts or discouragement, but she was dead because of the delay. Maybe you can relate to it. Maybe God's taking too long for your timing. Jesus should have come back earlier, and he didn't. And why did he take so long? So in verse 17, we see this. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. Now, why is four days significant? Because there's, um, there's a folklore going on during that time that they believed. This wasn't a Christian belief. This wasn't a biblical belief. But this is what was going on in that area, that three days a spirit would stay around the body for three days just in case it could come back in. But after three days, it, it was gone. It was, it was gone. And if you've ever seen The Prince's Bride, Lazarus wasn't mostly dead. He was dead dead. <laughs> Some, if you, go, go watch the movie. Anyway, so he wasn't mostly dead. He was dead dead. In fact, the King James puts it pretty, pretty well. He stinketh. I mean, he was, he was dead, dead. And so that's what was happening. So in verse 21, this is Martha, who is dead in her delay. God was taking too long. Martha said, if you had been here, my brother, he wouldn't have died. You took too long. Why didn't you come? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you come and do something about it? And that right now, I mean, some of you may be able to relate. You feel dead in your delay. You're waiting on an answered prayer, but nothing's happening. I know some married couples who are praying for for uh, um, to have babies, have kids, and I remember when we were praying for Josiah, we would we would uh, it was eight years from our first uh, born Julia before we had Josiah. But when we we would go to small groups, and you would you would go to small groups, and people in our small groups, man, they could look at each other a different way, and they get pregnant with triplets. I mean, that's. <laughs> And here we were, we couldn't even hardly get pregnant, I mean, at all. And, and we're just, and we're saying, God, why, why? We're, we're play, praying, we're believing and, and a child, for a child and nothing's happening. And some of you are praying maybe for a loved one to experience the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God. But it seems the harder you pray, the more that person goes away from God. And you're thinking, God, why is this happening? Where are you? And if that's you today, I mean, you're dead in that delay, and that delay, you're just questioning. God, where are you at? And let me tell you something about delays. The delays are not God's denial. You've got to understand that. And just because you haven't seen it yet doesn't mean God isn't working. Now, it says in John 11, verse 22, look what Martha said. She says, but I know. Remember, she was just complaining God, if you would have been here, something would have happened. But verse 22, he says, But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. She looks at Jesus and says, 
now I know. Even now, even though we're dead, even though it's four days and he stinketh, even though there's a delay and he's dead and our, we're, we might be dead in our discouragement, we might be dead in our, in our doubts, we might be dead, even now God will give you whatever you ask. See, see, see we need these even nows in our, in our time. Everybody say even now. Some of you need an even now moment, even now. Remember what the resurrection's about. The resurrection is to bring dead things to life. And even now you may be discouraged, but the presence of God can come in and build your faith. Even now when you feel that all alone and you feel like that no one's there, that Jesus is right here, right now, even now coming with the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he can bring peace that surpasses all understanding. Even now God can reach out to your jacked up family, your messed up family. He can come out and bring healing and hope right now, even now, because all things are possible. Even now, your heart may be cold and callous towards the things of God, but in a moment, He can soften your heart and draw you into His presence. Even now, there's something that may be dead inside of you. But the resurrecting power of Christ can come and bring life. And look what Jesus did in verse 23. He told Martha this. He says, your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know he'll rise in the resurrection of the last day. She didn't understand what resurrection he was talking about. And look what Jesus said in verse 25. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He didn't say, I am able to resurrect. He says, I am the resurrection. And the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. It's not what Jesus does. It's who he is. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. You cannot kill the resurrection and the life. Amen? It's who he is. See, the resurrection is not an event. It is a person, and it's the person of Jesus Christ. The resurrection is him. The reason Jesus is more well-known than anybody else in history is because he is not dead. He is fully alive. The resurrecting power of Christ can work in your dead situation right now. See, dead things don't stay dead when the resurrection walks in the room. And guess what Jesus said? When there's two of you gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Woo! Isn't that good? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your family's like. It doesn't matter how you think. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what death is inside of you. Jesus is here because when I look out here, there's two or more gathered. Amen? Dead things don't stay dead. Jesus looks at the tomb where Lazarus stinketh and says to the disciples, take that stone away. And when they did, in verse 43, Jesus called out in a loud voice. I don't know why he called out in a loud voice. Maybe dead people can't hear well. But anyway, he calls out in a loud voice and he says, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. And became alive. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and cloth and around his face. And Jesus said to him, and I love how the the, the King James says this, loose him and let him go. And there's freedom. See, death is not freedom. Discouragement is not freedom. Doubting is not freedom. Worrying about the delay is not freedom. 
But there's freedom for you and I today. He tells the disciples to roll away the stone. See, Jesus, I'd like to, 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 to see Lazarus' resurrection. By the way, I went to Lazarus' first grave. He's not there either. He's in another one, but he's not in this one. Amen? So I like to compare both Jesus and Lazarus' grave. They both had rocks, a stone that was rolled around them. And Jesus asked his disciples to take away the stone, and the angels took away the stone for Jesus. And on the sea, sir, I can hear the same voice that Jesus is crying out to Lazarus. God did to Jesus the resurrection. Come out. See, your sins can be forgiven, not because you're good, not because, he, but because you've done everything right, but because he is good. You can be set free, not because you are strong. And sometimes you feel like you have nothing. You have no energy, no strength to do anything. And you just need a miracle right now, right where you sit. And you feel like that you may be all alone. You feel like that you, you've, you're done. I mean, I've been there. I feel like I've, I've, I've been, I'm just done. How many ever been there before? You just feel, I'm done. I can't do anything more. Well, here Jesus is here today. You don't have to roll the stone away. You don't have to pick up one finger. You just have to say yes to him in every situation of your life. You can feel the presence of God, not because you deserve it, but because he's good. The resurrection is not what he does. It's who he is. So why does this matter? Because God, who, is, who in his love and his mercy does something for us that we were incapable of doing for ourselves. He became one of us. God in the flesh, born of a virgin. Why, does it, why is it important to be born of a virgin? Because Jesus didn't take on the sinful nature of his earthly father. He took on the divine nature of his heavenly father. Therefore, he could be the lamb that was without spot or blemish or wrinkle. Therefore, he could be a perfect sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins on the cross when he was brutally suffered at the hands of his creation. And he looked up to heaven and he says, God, I've done what you sent me to do. I have finished the race. I've finished that course. And it is all finished. And to you, I commit my, my spirit. And the earth went dark and it shook. And everyone who had hoped that maybe the Messiah, Messiah, they hoped in the Messiah, they believed, they fell in despair because they saw he died. But they didn't realize on Friday that Sunday was on its way, right? They were in verse 21 with Martha doubting. That's why nobody was at, besides his brother and his mom, was at the cross when he was hung there. Because they were all in despair because it was all based on what Jesus said. And if Jesus was dead, then it wasn't true. But they didn't realize you cannot kill the resurrection and the life. And they thought they could. And the devil thinks he can kill, steal, and destroy from you and stop you today. But today is your resurrection day. And some of you right now, you're stuck in verse 21, but you got to move over to verse 22 and say, God, I believe in the resurrection and the life, and I believe that all things are possible with you. I don't have to wait in this despair, or this, this depression any longer, that God, I trust you, because this is called the gospel, the good news. God did something that we couldn't do for ourselves. He did it all for you and I today. I am, Jesus said, the resurrection and life, and whoever believes in me will never die. Amen? Amen. 
So I don't know where you're at today. You may be in your doubts, in your despair, and worrying about the delay. But I pray, Lord, that your word and your presence would build our faith in your people. See, I know you're hurting right now. I know there's some in here. Some of you, you're doing really well. This is for you too, because not every day of the year is, can be without trouble. Sometimes there's trouble. But if you're hurting right now, there's struggles and trials in your life that you're facing. I want you to know that this moment that God can do something great. So everyone bow your heads, close your eyes just real quickly. I want to take a moment. If you say, Sean, I, I really do. I need some prayer. Would you pray for me? I feel discouraged. Maybe you have some doubts. Maybe you're wondering why God hasn't done what you thought he should do and you need prayer. Just between you and God as an act of faith right now, maybe you're hurting on the inside. Today can be your resurrection day. Act of, act of faith. Say, yes, God, I want to reach towards you and I need a touch from you. And if you need that touch from the Lord right now, you need the resurrection. Maybe there's some death inside of you right now. Maybe there's some, some sin issues. He wants to restore. He wants to reclaim the ground that maybe you've lost. And he wants to give you life that's more abundant right now. If that's you right now and you want prayer right now, just raise your hand right where you're at. Says, Pastor Sean, that's me. Your hands are going all up. You can put your hands down. Anybody else? Says, Sean, I, I need those prayers right now. I want to pray with you right now, right where you're at. So, Father, I thank you that you are good and big that you know the intimate details of every situation of every person that has a need here today, whether small or large. And God, I pray that by your power, you will intervene even right now, spiritually speaking, God, for those who are hurting and feel alone. God, I pray that you would be their ever-present help in a time of trouble and that your very presence, even right now, Holy Spirit, you would be their comforter, you would be their peace, that goes beyond all their ability to understand. And God, I pray that you would give them strength to move from verse 21 to verse 22 and have the faith to believe that God will give you whatever you ask. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.